Chapter One of the Rival Pictures of Oakdale. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Eaton. Rival Pictures of Oakdale by Morgan Scott. Chapter One The Boy Who Wanted to Pitch. During the noon intermission of a sunny April day, a small group of boys assembled near the steps of Oakdale Academy to talk baseball, for the opening of the season was at hand, and the germ of the game had already begun to make itself felt in their blood. Roger Elliot, the grave, reliable, steady-headed captain of the nine, who had scored such a pronounced success as captain of the eleven the previous autumn, was the central figure of the gathering. Chipper Cooper, Ben Stone, Sleuth Piper, Chubb Tuttle, Sile Crane and Roy Hooker formed the remainder of the assemblage. The field will be good and dry tonight, fellows, said Roger, and we ought to get in some much-needed practice for that game with Barville. I want every fellow to come out, sure. Ho! gurgled Chub Tuttle, cracking a peanut and dexterously nipping the double kernel into his mouth. We'll be there, though I don't believe we need much practice to beat that Barville bunch. We ate em up last year. We, said Sleuth Piper reprovingly, if my memory serves me, you warmed the bench in those games. That wasn't my fault, retorted Tuttle cheerfully. I was ready and prepared to play. I was on hand to step in as a pinch hitter or to fill any sort of gap at a moment's notice. A pinch hitter, whooped little Chipper Cooper. Now you would have got a lot of ice as a pindy hitter, wouldn't you? You never made a hit in a game in all your life, Chub, and you know you were subbing simply because Roy got on his ear and wouldn't play. We had to have someone for a spare man. I would have played, cut in Hooker sharply, somewhat resentfully, if I'd been given a square deal. I wanted a chance to try my hand at some of the pitching, but after that first game, Ames, the biggest mule who ever captained a team, wouldn't give me another show. I wasn't going to play right field or sit around on the bench as a spare man. Hooker had a thin, sharp face, with eyes set a trifle too close together, and an undershot jaw, which gave him a somewhat pugnacious appearance. He was a chap who thought very well indeed of himself and his accomplishments, and held a somewhat slighting estimation of others. In connection with baseball, he had always entertained an overweening ambition to become a pitcher, although little qualified for such a position, either by temperament or acquired skill. True, he could throw the curves and had some speed, but at his best he could not find the plate more than once out of six times, and when disturbed or rattled he was even worse. Like many another fellow, he erroneously believed that the ability to throw a curved ball was a pitcher's chief accomplishment. It was lucky Springer developed so well as a twirler last year, observed Elliot. Lucky, sneered Hooker. Why, I don't recollect that he did anything worth bragging about. He lost both those games against Wyndham. We had to depend on him alone, said Roger, and he was doing too much pitching. It's a wonder he didn't ruin his arm. You've got to have someone besides Springer this year, that's sure, said Hooker. He can't pitch much more than half the game scheduled. Phil's trying to coach Rod Grant to pitch, put in Sile Crane. I see them at it last night, out behind Springer's barn. Roy Hooker laughed disdainfully. Ah, that's amusing, he cried. That Texan has never had any experience. But... Just because he and Phil have become chummy, Springer's going to make a picture of him. He'll never succeed in a thousand years. Here they come now, said Ben Stone, as two boys turned in at the gate of the yard 
and phil has got the catching mitt with him i'll bet they've been practising this noon jinx but they're getting thick them two chuckled chub tuttle as thick as molasses in january drawled sile crane whimsically being thick as molasses they're naturally sweet on each other chirped cooper hi hi cried tuttle there you go have a peanut for that no nut for me i shall not take it declined chipper it's a real case of damon and pythias remarked stone watching the two lads coming up the walk or david and jonathan said elliot phil springer the taller of the pair with light hair blue eyes and long arms looked at a distance the better qualified to tow the slab in a baseball game but rodney grant was a natural athlete whose early life on his father's texas ranch had given him abounding health strength vitality and developed in him qualities of resourcefulness and determination grant had come to oakdale late the previous autumn and was living with his aunt an odd seclusive spinster by the name of priscilla kent two girls sauntering down the path with their arms about each other met the approaching boys and paused for a moment to chat with them phil's sister is struck on our gay cowboy observed cooper grinning i rather guess leela barker is some smit on him too put in sile crane that's sort of natural scene as how he rescued her from drowning when she was carried over the dam on a big ice cake in the january freshet that certainly made him the hero of oakdale and us fellers who'd been saying he was a fake had to pull in our horns the real hero of that occasion declared hooker maliciously was a certain cheap chap by the name of bunk lander who plunged into the rapids below the dam with a rope tied round his waist and saved them both i wouldn't sneer about lander if i were you roy said elliot in grave reproof i wouldn't call him cheap for he's shown himself to be a pretty decent fellow and stickney whose store he once pilfered has given him a job on his new delivery wagon there's evidently more manhood and decency in lander than any of us ever dreamed except grant who took up with him at the very beginning and a fine pair people around here thought they were flung back hooker exasperatedly why even you yourself didn't have much of anything to say for rod grant at one time i was mistaken in my estimation of him confessed roger unhesitatingly i believe stone was about the only person who really sized grant up right and now since he's become popular this hero from texas chooses springer for his chum instead of stone said roy he has a right to choose whoever he pleases said ben flushing a trifle we are still good friends if he happens to find springer more congenial than i as a chum i'm not going to show any spleen about it it's my opinion persisted hooker that he has an object in his friendliness with phil springer he's got the idea into his head that he can pitch and he's using phil to learn what he can well we'll see how much he does at it we'll see the girls having passed on the two boys now approached the group near the steps springer was beaming as he came up say captain elliot he cried the old broncho bub buster has got on to the drop he threw it first rate to-day noon i'll make a change picture out of him yet oh i'm destined to become another matthewson i opine said rodney grant laughingly but if i do turn out to be a phenom i'll owe it to my mentor mr philip springer the team is coming out for practice to-night said elliot and we'll give you a chance to pitch for the batters we've got to work up a little teamwork before that game saturday the second bell clanged and still talking baseball the boys moved slowly and reluctantly towards the cool dark doorway of the academy roy hooker lingered behind a pouting dissatisfied expression upon his face so they're bound to crowd me out again are they he muttered well we'll see what comes of it 
If I get a chance, I'll cook that cowboy for butting in. End of chapter one.